Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the Circle Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonatoni on the final day of the year 2021. Hope it's been a good one for you as we turn the page to 2022. But before we get into all that, let's take a look at the sports book here behind us. It is just absolutely packed here as you got folks sweating out this Cotton Bowl CFP semifinal. Number four, Cincinnati taking on number one, Alabama. Right now, Crimson Tide lead 10 to three with 350 to play in the first half. At last check on the live line during the last commercial break, we saw this line bam up by 10 and a half. And it looks like they might have muffed the punt there. We'll see who gets on the football. Bearcats and Tide right now scrambling for possession of that ball. But of course, a lot to get to on the show today. Tweet at the show at Beeson Live at Femi Abebefe. Three great guests. We've got Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge joining us at 245. We're going to live bet this game here. Also to preview the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Michigan at 2.30. Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, to tell us what he's seeing behind the window with this college football playoff. Also, how the public is attacking Week 17 in the NFL. And, of course, in about five minutes, Wes Reynolds, VSIN host, joins the show as we talk live betting angles here in this Cotton Bowl. And, of course, who Wes likes in the Orange Bowl tonight between Michigan and Georgia. But before we get into all of that, let's do the top five things you need to know as a better starting with the Cotton Bowl going on right now in Jerry World. Like I said, Alabama leads it 10 to 3. Crimson Tide were 10 and a half point favorites on the live line. Total 44 and a half. So this game is trending towards the under. The winner, of course, will go to the national title game in Indianapolis. Looks like Alabama was called for an unsportsmanlike conduct. I believe it is their football, though. The number two story you need to know is the Orange Bowl also taking place later on tonight between Georgia and Michigan. Right now, Michigan seven and a half point underdogs. The total is at 46. Get this at DraftKings. 65% of the tickets and 58% of the money is on the underdog Michigan Wolverines. With all that support and momentum towards Michigan, the line is hanging at seven and a half. Could it mean maybe Georgia wins or maybe we'll see what happens on the field later on tonight. This one kicks off 430 in Miami. On the NFL circuit, the number three storyline you need to know is that Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Green Bay Packers. Cousins tested positive for COVID-19, and it was too close to kickoff, so even the new protocols of the five days of quarantine versus the 10 doesn't apply to him. He is out for this game. This line shot up 
from Packers minus seven to Packers now 13 point favorites. The total has gone the other way from 46 down to 42 in some spots. Veteran quarterback Sean Mannion will start in place of Kirk Cousins. Mannion 0-2 in his career as a starter. And the number four story you need to know is looking like Tyler Huntley will once again start for the Baltimore Ravens as they take on the LA Rams later on this week. And Lamar Jackson missed practice again on Friday. He practiced Wednesday. The video surfaced. He was looking real gimpy. Didn't practice Thursday. No practice Friday. So it appears Huntley will be QB1 in this game. Ravens right now five and a half point underdogs total at 46 and a half. And the number five story you need to know is the NFL injury roundup starting in Chicago. Justin Fields is questionable with an ankle injury. Andy Dalton will start for the Bears as they take on the New York Giants. The Denver Broncos just getting hit with COVID-19. Bradley Chubb, their best pass rusher, has been ruled out. Jerry Judy, their first-round pick from a couple years ago, he has been ruled out as a wide receiver. Of course, for the Washington football team, they're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Antonio Gibson is doubtful as he tested positive for COVID-19. Jordan Howard, the Eagles running back, is questionable with a stinger. For the Buffalo Bills, Emmanuel Sanders questionable with a knee injury. Green Bay defensive back Jair Alexander has been ruled out, was activated off the IR list earlier this week, practice, but not able to go as he's been out for quite some time. Seahawks running back Alex Collins questionable with an abdomen injury for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antonio Brown game time decision dealing with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Mike Evans is questionable. He was activated off the COVID list, but is still dealing with a hamstring. For the pass rushing situation for the Bucks, no Shaquille Barrett, of course, for the Jets. Elijah Moore is out with the quad. Jamison Crowder doubtful with a calf. And for the Saints and Panthers game, Stephon Gilmore has been ruled out for Carolina. And for New Orleans, Mark Ingram is questionable. Traquan Smith has been ruled out. But of course, we are watching and monitoring this game down there in Jerry World. Cincinnati taking on Alabama. Crimson Tide 10-3. They lead it with 225 to go at last check on the live line. Alabama 10.5 point favorites, which then brings us to our first guest on the show today. He is Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, point spread weekly contributor. You hear him all over the network, and we're going to talk a little live betting here with the Cotton Bowl. Wes, appreciate you joining us here on my guys in the desert was there any sort of indicator that you were looking for going into this game had how you wanted to potentially live bet this game between cincinnati and alabama yeah sammy good to be with you and happy new year pal uh and you look when i did this game uh before like free flop i do have cincinnati plus 14 but i did bet the under for the first half in the game and really i was wanting to see what what the game plan was going to be for alabama and really what it should be is to run the football. And I feel like they're almost not doing it enough. I think the split was about like 65 to 35. It probably needs to be about 75, 25 or 80, 20, to be honest with you, because one thing Cincinnati is doing is they are getting pressure off the right side because Alabama with EQR going out, they're a little bit hurting on that right side of the offensive line. So I think if you're Alabama, you absolutely want to run the ball. And now here's the key scenario here. Because Cincinnati, if they could just either hold them scoreless or just hold them to a field goal, mm -hmm. they get the ball first in the second half. So Cincinnati's getting absolutely dominated in the stats, but they're still hanging around. Like, this is the Cincinnati game. This is what they want, a low-scoring game. They absolutely did not want to track me here. So minute 45 left to go. Alabama just at about uh, midfield and getting on Cincinnati's side of the field. You got to see if they're going to send that kicker out again. So. That's kind of what I'm looking for here. I want to actually look more toward the second half. 
to see if Cincinnati can just hold them to a three because I still think that they're right in this game. I would expect mm-hmm. that if Alabama gets three here, you're probably going to see like Alabama minus seven for the second half. Oh, boy. And it looks like Alabama just scored a touchdown here, Wes. He has a touchdown right there, Brooks. How about that? Because I was looking at the live line, and Alabama was 11 and a half on the live line as a favorite, and now they just scored a touchdown going up two scores, a 44-yard touchdown to Ja'Cory Brooks here before the Crimson Tide as they will go up likely 17-3 pending the extra point, of course. But you mentioned it here with this Crimson Tide team. They've been running the ball so well that we saw them just get the touchdown through the air, but their run game, 172 yards on the ground here. Have you seen enough from Cincinnati's defense to be able to think that, hey, maybe they can keep this within a couple possessions or so, or maybe possibly in the second half with a good offensive effort, maybe they could be live to win this game against Alabama. Yeah, this might be the game actually here, Femi, because really what you want to do is you want to have Sauce Gardner, I think, kind of shadowing Williams on these third downs, and it looks like uh, he's, yeah, it looks like he's in or he's either out at the one, but nevertheless, I feel like that's kind of what Alabama was looking for because Cincinnati had been taking that away. They've been given the intermediate routes, and they didn't get in decent pressure on Bryce Young, but that's all Alabama. It's almost like that's all you feel that they needed was to see if they could hit one deep shot down the field, and there it is. What have you seen? We're speaking with Wes Reynolds here, host of Long Shots here at VEASAN. You see him all across the network, also contributor to Point Spread Weekly, talking all things college football playoff. What about the Cincinnati offense? Have you seen anything from offense that maybe gives you any hope or inspiration that they might be able to hang with that number? Because I know you said you have plus 14 already in pocket here. But uh, what do you think about Cincinnati's offense matching up with Alabama's defense? Yeah, you really haven't seen much, Femi. They've only run the ball seven times for 17 yards. I mean, they're getting little short four- and five-yard passes, but I haven't seen a lot from the Bearcats now. We're going to see here in the last minute 36 if they can get any points on the board. I mean, I think you got to get at least three or it's Gamesville for these guys. Yeah, looking like the live line right now, 17-and-a-half, total 48-and-a-half right now. So, uh, obviously, this thing is looking good for Alabama, but we'll see what Cincinnati can do here with about a minute-and-a-half to go here in this first half they got a pretty good return out to the 40 yard line for the Bearcats so maybe they get a little aggressive here on offense Wes we got a couple minutes left here wanted to get your thoughts on the Orange Bowl Michigan of course taking on Georgia right now the Wolverines seven and a half point underdogs total at 46 in this game a lot of tickets towards this Michigan team but we've seen the line hang out here at this seven and a half number for quite some time yeah and I actually have not bet this game yet Femi and I may wait until the end game to get involved because these are kind of two teams I would actually like to back, but they're playing each other here in this semifinal. I think there's a little recency bias that is kicking in here because I think people kind of forgot about Georgia. And look, that's what betters do. Oftentimes, betters bet what they see last. Mm-hmm. They forgot how dominant this team was, particularly defensively, before they had that clunker in the SEC title game in Atlanta against this very Alabama team. I felt Alabama really exploited a Georgia secondary that kind of had some health issues. I don't know if Michigan is able to do that like Alabama is because the Wolverines, they don't really have that game breaker receiver. Like you remember when bell actually got hurt in the first game of the season. So they, that's why you're seeing Michigan. I think kind of go back to old school Schembechler type football in the eighties <laughs> where they're running the football. But if you try these inside zone runs against Georgia, I just don't know if Michigan as good as they are up front is going to be able to run the ball on this team. So 
I do lean with Georgia. I would like to lay less than seven in the hook. So uh, yeah. we shall see where that transpires. Michigan also kind of struggles defensively against that play action, which Stetson Bennett, for as much maligned as he is, is very good in play action. All right, Wes, hang tight with us because I want to talk more about this second half line because it looks like the game is about to get to halftime here, maybe as we get to the next segment. Of course, want to break down this Georgia-Michigan game in further as well. But first, if you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get all of our podcasts. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Wes Reynolds is going to hang with us on the other side, talking more about this college football playoff and also New Year's Day games. The Rose Bowl, Utah, Ohio State. Where's the buy point on the Buckeyes? We'll discuss. It's my guys in the desert. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's my guys in the desert coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonatoni. And we have reached halftime in the Cotton Bowl. Right now, Alabama leads Cincinnati 17-3. to So Alabama first half covers. I believe they were laying about a touchdown, maybe seven and a half, wherever you did your shopping. But Alabama covers the first half. Heck, Alabama's covering the full game right now. Uh, as this one closed 12 and a half. They lead it by 14. We have Wes Reynolds here, VEASAN host. Of course, a contributor to Point Spread Weekly, hanging with us for two segments on the show. Wes, uh, I'm looking at some second half lines right now. I see one here in town at the Westgate with Alabama minus five and a half, total 24 and a half here in the second half. What would your, I guess, strategy be for attacking this second half game here between the Tide and the Bearcats? I think I'm actually going to sit this one out, Femi, and I'm seeing about four and a half, five, kind of what you're seeing a little bit. 
second half total about 24 and a half pretty much what i'm seeing pop off in the market i think i'm just gonna say okay maybe this plus 14 is a loser and hopefully that the under hangs in there i'll debate if i want to go ahead and middle it with the second half over we got the first half under in there but I think, you know, looking off the field when Luke Fickle was doing that interview with Molly McGrath before going back to the locker room, it was kind of like a loose translation. I don't know if we got the dudes. <laughs> you know, when you look at Cincinnati and actually how it's played out with the defense, I think that the speed is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, they're necessarily outspeeded, if you will. I'll make up a word because it's always like SEC speed, SEC speed. Yep. But I think it's really just that they're not big enough up front. If I'm Alabama, I am feeding Brian Robinson and all my ball carriers about every single time and just trying to get out of here and put these guys away and just wear them down. So, yeah, starting to see some fives pop up. And what I thought the second, if Alabama wouldn't have scored there, I thought it was going to be seven. So I thought it was basically going to be like an end game of 14 or 14 and a half. So now essentially we're seeing 18 and a half, 19. So, I think I'm just going to fit tight here. Yeah, I'm looking at 19 and a half at DraftKings on the live line here. We're speaking with Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host. Yes, Circa is at four and a half for the second half line total of 26. I was joking with our producer Stephanie before the show that I'm a Washington Husky fan. So I've lived this going up against Alabama in the semifinal type of situation here. And all month long, you're talking yourself into being able to compete. And there's a Husky defense had Buda Baker, uh, Sidney Jones, good, really good pro guys. And when you see them line up against the Alabama guys, it is a different, different ball game. And I think that's what Cincinnati is going through right now. Uh, Hopefully they can hang in here. I was hoping for a competitive game, Wes, but uh, it looks like it might not be. Uh, The nightcap game, the Orange Bowl, should be a competitive game. We touched on that one a little bit in the previous segment here. Now I'm curious just because obviously Georgia likes to get things done on the ground James Cook, that run game is really good here. Do you think Michigan's run defense and what we saw for them throughout this season can hold up against a Georgia physical run game? Yeah, and that's good. That's going to be a big thing. We know that Michigan can rush the passer, and they have two guys that are probably going to be top, at least bare minimum top 10 in the NFL draft here in April. So I think what Michigan, look, Michigan wants to kind of force Bennett into these like pure passing situations where it's not necessarily play action. When you get Georgia down and if Georgia's playing from behind, Georgia's very much a front runner mm-hmm. and they're tough to come back against. But when they're behind, as you saw in the SEC title game, it's a horse of a different color. So, you know, I just think with, with Michigan, you've got to be able to get some pressure on them so that they don't set up for the play action. Uh, Michigan, they're not going to beat themselves necessarily with mistakes. They're a very smart team, but I do worry a little bit in terms of the running game, and that's what's going to decide the game. And you look at what Georgia has done defensively. They allow 2.6 yards to carry, about 82 rushing yards per game this season. That's second best in the country. So, you know, if their pass blocking unit can kind of keep Hutchinson and Agabo or Agabo rather in that bay, then Bennett's going to have the time to find the tight end and find the safety valve down the field. I just don't think that Michigan, and I think what it comes down to, I don't think that they have the weapons on the outside to really exploit Georgia here. So that's why I lean Bulldogs. I don't really want to lay the seven and a half, so I'm going to wait for an in-game opportunity. Yeah, with the in-game opportunity here, do you, because you mentioned how Georgia is a front runner, and I think that's important to kind of keep in mind for the folks who are listening or watching that, 
hey, if Georgia were to get up, would you recommend still a bet on Georgia live, even though it might not be as palatable a number? You might be laying maybe 13 and a half or something like that. But do you see it playing out that way? If Georgia starts fast, they just control the game from start to finish? Or do maybe do you bet the live under? How would you kind of attack things if the Bulldogs do get out in front early? Yeah, I think you're going to want to watch the first quarter here just to kind of see who's winning at the line of scrimmage because that's going to decide this game because both teams are very strong at the line of scrimmage. But Georgia has been the strongest team in the country all year at the line of scrimmage. So you want to see, okay, can Michigan hold up against them? Because that's what Michigan did against Ohio State. They just overpowered him. And this was an Ohio State team that was pretty darn good against the run. You could get chunk pass plays down the field, but Michigan just overpowered him. I think it's just going to be difficult for them to do the Georgia, uh, to do the Georgia and then open up the play action for Bennett, hit Bowers in the middle of the field. That's the weakest part of the Michigan defense. So I think you want to wait for the first quarter just to see how it's playing out up front. And then if you got to lay Georgia 11 and a half or anything under two touchdowns, maybe that's the opportunity to still do so. Yeah, right now, Georgia, we mentioned it earlier, seven and a half point favorites, total of 46. All right, Wes, let's look at some of the games for tomorrow. The granddaddy of them all. You mentioned Ohio State, how they got kind of bullied against this Michigan team. Well, they're taking on Utah, who's also very physical champions out of the Pac-12. Right now, the Buckeyes, four point favorites, total of 64. That line has come down after the news of the Buckeyes' key four players, Olave, you have Wilson, all those guys opting out to prepare for the NFL draft. I guess my question in this game is what's the buy point for Ohio State? Because it seems like the value on Utah is long gone as this line opened seven. At what point do you bet the Buckeyes in this game? Yeah, I took a little Utah plus seven minus a dollar twenty and then took a little bit more at five, thinking that the two receivers you mentioned were gonna opt out. Also their left tackle is gonna be missing for this game. But when you ask what the buy point is, I think if you see a three pop or maybe if you don't want to lay the points and just lay money line, I'm seeing a couple three and a half start to appear because mm-hmm. you look, everybody, when this was announced, bet Utah five and a half, five, four and a half, four. And I think if you get Ohio State where you can lay a money line at a field goal, and that would probably be about minus 155, minus 160 on the money line, that would be what I would do. But I like Utah in the initial handicap anyway. Because I think, quite frankly, they're more pumped to be here. This is the biggest game in the history of the program, yeah. arguably, even bigger than when Urban won that BCS game and in, in or what's now known as the New Year's Six in the Sugar Bowl. But Utah, they sold their ticket allotment. Ohio State returned several thousand tickets. It's obviously a long trip and with everything going on in the world. So, uh, look, Utah's excited. And I know their AD said, we're thinking 50,000, 60,000 people. So this is going to be a Utah crowd much like it was here at Allegiant Stadium against Oregon for the Pac-12 title game. And Utah obviously playing with some heavy hearts. They had the the two players that they lost tragically to shooting. So they've been kind of that mission team all year. And ever since Rising took over as quarterback, the youth have been rising. So <laughs> I'm going to trust Kyle Whittingham, but I may buy off a little bit if I can play that low money line with Ohio State. Wes, we got about a minute left here. I want to ask you about the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Right now, the Fighting Irish one-point favorites, total 45 and a half. There's even a place in town that has a pick. Where would you go, whether it be the side or total in this game? Yeah, I laid a little Notre Dame early once the coaching change was made and how pumped up they look to see. We all saw the video with Marcus Freeman, but number has come back down with Hamilton out. 
also the running back out. So Notre Dame's having a couple opt-outs here. The Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, who's been so great this year, is now going to be at Ohio State after that Rose Bowl game. So I still lean with Notre Dame, but, boy, I'm not as strong on it as I was. Yeah, so Kyron Williams for Notre Dame, he has been ruled out. And uh, yeah, just the reaction to Marcus Freeman becoming the head coach, that right there might get you enough to bet this Notre Dame team here. So another one that might be best to tackle in-game uh, as it kicks off tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. He is Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, contributor to Point Spread Weekly, and we appreciate him joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. Wes, if I don't speak to you between now and tomorrow, Happy New Year, buddy. Same to you, pal. Appreciate it. All right. Once again, the Alabama-Cincinnati game, the Cotton Bowl at halftime right now, 17-3. The Crimson Tide lead this game as at last check we saw on the live line, we saw Alabama favored by 19.5. The second half line right now, 5.5 total, 24.5. On the other side, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, will join us to talk about what he's seen behind the window. What the, what's the handle like for this game? And, of course, preview the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Michigan. It's my guys on the desert here on VCD Sports Betting Network. To my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. Now, there are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now nation's capital washington dc subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts all right we're at the halfway point my guys in the desert here from the circle resort and casino here family Bebefe in for stormy bon and tony chris andrews the south point sportsbook director joining us here in a matter of moments but first folks it's time to get it out the mud and it is time to cringe yeah, that's that noise. It's been a while, but there it is. And the cringeworthy play for this week comes to you from the National Football League, and it is the Denver Broncos plus six. Now, I got the absolute worst of this number here because now it's eight in some places, but it's never a good feeling to bet on Drew Locke. And although one of the reasons why I like this play is that Denver is going to try to lean on their run game. The LA Chargers like to invite the run from the opposition. They think that that's the most efficient way to stop offenses. Well, I think... Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, all that, that, that they're going to try to run that football there for the Denver Broncos. Chargers defense just invites all that run. But Denver, one thing that does have me pausing for the cause here is that Denver has a nice little COVID outbreak going on here but within their team. A lot of guys are out. Jerry Judy, Bradley Chubb, Tim Patrick. He ended up on the COVID list as well. Now, the thing that makes me at least holding out somewhat hope is that the Chargers, this is the same Chargers team we saw lost to the Houston Texans just a week ago. So who are the Chargers, in my opinion, to be laying a touchdown against an AFC rival? Chargers must win this game, but that typically means you must not be very good. So the Denver Broncos are the cringeworthy play here in week 17 of the National Football League. All right, so that's the cringeworthy play. Let's get to our guest who is not cringeworthy. He's the opposite. He makes me smile. He is Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director there. Uh, Chris Thank you for joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. We're, of course, tracking this Cotton Bowl game between Cincinnati and Alabama. Crimson Tide lead at 17-3. I'm looking at the live second-half line right here for you guys at the South Point. Alabama, 5.5 total, 24.5. Have you seen betters betting you in this second-half market, or 
been just riding those uh, first uh, pregame flop tickets. Uh, no, we opened uh, we opened this five. They bet me minus five. They bet me minus five and a half. I went to six. They did come back and take the six. So here we are at five and a half. And just a shade high on Cincinnati. So, um, you yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But, you know, that's actually pretty decent action here at the half. What was your impressions of the first half there? It looked like Alabama could run on them any which way they wanted to. But what did you think of that first half and how Cincinnati held up against the Crimson Tide? Well, Cincinnati seems like they're running the ball fairly well. I mean, not great, but I mean, their passing game is really like two and a half yards a a pass, something like per attempt. I think that's, uh, you know, something obviously if they're going to stay in the game, they got to get clicking in the passing game. Uh, Even if they can run the ball effectively, you're not going to come back, come from 14 points down to beat, uh, to beat Alabama, just running the football. So they're going to have to get going here with the passing game. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you're capable of doing it, to be honest with you. Yeah, the Bearcats, two for seven on third down so far in that first half. We're speaking with Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director at the South Point Hotel and Casino, talking all things college football playoff. Chris, in, what was the handle like? I want to add, before we get into the Georgia-Michigan, the Orange Bowl, what was the handle like for this Cotton Bowl game here? As it's obviously in a standalone spot. There's other things going on at sports, but this is the thing on this New Year's Eve day. What was the handle like for this game? Watson is pretty good. You know, it's probably like the equivalent of a very well bet Monday night game or Sunday night game. So, I mean, it, it compares with some of the some of the better um, you know uh, NFL games that we would have uh, on a weekly basis. Now we have a couple that really go crazy. You know, the way we do things here, like with the three, three and a half, uh, everything's at eleven to ten. So some of those numbers get uh, way out of whack, um, mostly because of the number more so than the game itself. But this one, we had plenty of action. We opened 13, went as high as 14, closed it back at our original number 13. So, yeah, I was very happy with the handle. The Orange Bowl features Georgia and Michigan. The Wolverines right now seven and a half point underdogs, the total 46 and a half there at the South Point. How was the betting public attacking this game, which I'm sure will also be a monster handle for you guys later on tonight? Uh, well, right now we're uh... – we're probably going to need Georgia in the game. We're a little bit high at the plus seven and a half. But I have a feeling I might wind up at seven on this game. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to wait till this first one uh, finishes out, and then I can see what, what I have riding going on in the second game. Fairly even on the number, but we are tilted a little bit towards the Michigan side. But on the money line, a lot of money on Michigan. A lot of people thinking Michigan can win this game outright. And uh, if they do win it, I can tell you, well, certainly if they kicked off right now, that would put a little bit of a hurt on me. So we got a lot of a lot of Michigan money line uh, play. Well, there you have it. Chris Andrews is going to be rooting for the Georgia Bulldogs in this game. Rooting interests aside, though, how do you think this game plays out here later on tonight? I'm, I'm fascinated. This, I think, will be a competitive football game, but I'm kind of torn on which way I want to go. How do you think this game shakes out? Well, I'm kind of with you. I, one thing that did surprise me, we opened this total 44 or 44 and a half. I can't remember. We've been flooded with the over. Now I, I kind of like the other way. I think this is going to be a really tight game, very defensive oriented. You know, I think I, you know, personally I'm looking like at a maybe 21, 17 game, something like that. And of course, if it is 21, 17, of course the under cashes. And of course the dog is going to catch. Mm-hmm. So I kind of lean towards Michigan with the points. I think uh, even if you go by the total right now, 46 and a half, that's pretty low for a college total. Uh, and you're getting seven and a half with a quality team like Michigan. 
that's really covered an awful lot of numbers yep. this year. Of course, Georgia did the, their share too. But I, I kind of lean towards the dog. I'm not, you know, if I was out there betting, I'd, I'd probably, well, I might bet just to have some action on the game. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't go crazy on it. But I kind of lean towards Michigan. I think the number is just a shade high for the total being this low. Yeah, the Michigan Wolverines, 11-2 and two against the spread this season. That was the best mark in the country as they continue to just outperform what the market expects. Yeah. Let's look at tomorrow's games. I want to start with the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Ohio State, three-and-a-half-point favorites against Utah. Total of 64. And I'm seeing some fours in the market, but you guys are one of the lower ones in the market with three-and-a-half here. What are you seeing behind the window in the Rose Bowl? Well, I'll tell you, Femi, we got pounded on Utah. I mean, you know, right now, I'm lowest for a reason. Uh, you know, we got a lot of Utah money uh, with the points and on the money line. Uh, we were we had the money line as low as $1.55, which is by far the lowest. We finally got that up to $1.60, but uh, I still have a pretty strong position on uh, they've bet Utah in that game. And, again, with the point spread, They've taken Utah strongly, so that's why you see me at three and a half in this one. I'm definitely looking for Ohio State money uh, to get me evened up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I try not to let my own opinion influence the number all that much, but I do kind of favor Utah in this game. I know there's a huge game for Utah, and I'm not sure how important it is to the Ohio State uh, players and team. I've heard that there's some guys, some defections on Ohio State. Of course, they have – a terrific roster up, you know, I don't know how many guys are on the roster, but they're among the greatest recruiting schools year in and year out. So I'm sure they have a lot of depth, but I'm just not sure how much this game means to them. Whereas I know it means the world to Utah and Utah's a pretty good team. Yeah. Ohio said, I think they had their sights on the college football playoff uh, prior to that yeah. loss to Michigan. And now they end up in the Rose Bowl, whereas Utah, this is the Super Bowl for this Utah football program. The nightcap for tomorrow's, festivities is the sugar bowl right now Ole Miss sitting at a one and a half point favorite against Baylor total of 58 and this is going to be an interesting strength versus strength that Ole Miss offense against that Baylor defense what do you think happens tomorrow night yeah well I, I'm hoping the Baylor defense shows up because right now our biggest decision we need the game under they, they we're getting uh, played strongly on the over in this game and I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised because I thought the total was high enough as it was I think we opened 56 you know, we're up to 58, a lot of money on the over. Um, the side, uh, pretty evenly bet at this point in time. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. But I don't see a huge decision coming out of the side, but the total is going to be a big one for us. We're definitely going to need this one under. Yeah, that's a, it's a game that's going to be a fascinating game. I can't wait to see just from an X's and O's standpoint how that one unfolds. He is Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We appreciate you, Chris, for joining us here on My Guys in the Desert, and Happy New Year. Thank you, my friend, and Happy New Year to you as well. We appreciate that. Thank you. How about that? He's going to need Georgia, likely going to need Ohio State as well, two pretty high-profile teams, two teams that people thought might be on a collision course to play in the national title. Well, Ohio State's in the Rose Bowl, and you have Georgia kicking off later on tonight in the Orange Bowl, I should say, against the Michigan Wolverines, where they are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Chris did mention that seven could pop there at the South Point. So if you like Georgia, maybe wait, and if you have access to the South Point, definitely bet it there, because I think if it hits seven, that's a buy point for moi. 
That's me for the folks who are counting at home. All right, on the other side, Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge will join us as we talk all things Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, get a preview of tonight's game as we discuss right now. Live line, Alabama leads it 17-3 as the second half just got underway down there in Jerry World. You're watching My Guys in Desert here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sign up for a play card, debit, MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with a direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank and a member FDIC. It's the final segment of My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bon and Tony. Of course, we're watching the Cotton Bowl right now. Alabama leads 17-3, to but the Bearcats are driving. It's their opening drive of the second half. We'll see if they can put some points on the board as they are in the red zone right now with a second and five with about 10.48 left to play in the third quarter. So, of course, they went off as 13 about 12 and a half point underdogs so right now alabama covering the full game number uh but like i said we'll get to thor here in just a bit but first let's do the power rankings for today's show and we're gonna do the top five player props in the orange bowl starting with number five and that's michigan running back hassan haskins under 62 and a half rushing yards georgia's run defense is amazing they're gonna absolutely turn the water off on the ground game for the michigan wolverines in my opinion what we'll see on later tonight. Plus, I think Michigan, they're going to be trailing in the second half, just that that's what the market thinks. So they'll likely have to go away from that run. I think if you want to beat Georgia, you got to go do it through the air like we saw Alabama do it in the SEC title game. So I like the under for Hassan Haskins. The number four prop I like is Georgia tight end Brock Bowers' first touchdown score of the game. This is at plus 550 at DraftKings. I absolutely love watching this kid. He's the only freshman Uh, Only a freshman, I should say, but he's probably the best tight end in the country. He's capable of breaking tackles, making big plays, absolutely elite after the catch. It's a decent play at a plus price, price, I should say, because we do love that plus money here. The number three prop that I like is Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett under 231 and a half passing yards. Nothing against Stetson Bennett here, but he's not really inspiring as a quarterback. I think Georgia tries to establish the ground game. There's whispers of JT Daniels name being tossed around. So maybe 
Setson Bennett doesn't even play the full game. It's an easy under bet on his passing yards for me. And the number two prop I like is Georgia running back James Cook. Anytime touchdown score plus 150. So smooth out of the backfield is Cook. I think he breaks off a big run today. He's an excellent pass catcher, excellent runner. He'll be playing on Sunday, so look for him to find the end zone. And my top prop for today is Michigan wide receiver Cornelius Johnson over 40 and a half receiving yards goes along with my theory on Georgia's run defense. Michigan is going to have to pass the ball if they want to stay into this game. So look no further than their leading receiver. And if they're trailing late, I can see Johnson maybe going over this prop in what some might deem as garbage time. So that also is going in your favor in this game as well. So those are my five props for the orange bowl. And the one I like the most is Cornelius Johnson over 40 and a half receiving yards. All right, let's bring in our guest. He is Thor Nystrom, college football senior content creator at NBC Sports Edge. Thor, appreciate you joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. I know you've been loving this Cincinnati team heading into this game. Right now, I believe they just kicked a field goal, so they trail the game by 11. How do you feel about the Bearcats? Oh, I'm sweating here a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, like Cincinnati, they, there's, you know, times in, during this game, they, they've moved the ball a little bit. And, and one surprising thing is they've hit two field goals when, they came into this game with the worst field goal kicking unit in the entire nation. So <laughs> that's the one surprise, you know, as far as that goes. But on the other side, what's super surprising is that Alabama has been able to run the ball on Cincinnati. I was talking to one of my buddies during the, during the second quarter, and we were saying that, that Alabama's running game hasn't looked this good in a long time. Uh, Robinson seems to have, you know, like a little bit of extra juice there, and Alabama's been able to control since he's front a little bit. But uh, since he's one of those teams, that, what does Teddy KGB say? Alligator blood? They, <laughs> they, they're hanging around. So just this game is not over yet. Yeah, no, it's not over yet right now. Alabama 15 and a half on the live line, total 44 and a half. Uh, did you make any live in-game plays with this game just based on what you saw in the first half there? Because you mentioned it right there. Alabama's run game is really what stood out to me. Let's just say that I have enough units on Cincinnati plus 13 and a half, so I think I'm just going to keep it there. <laughs> but, and, and a little bit on the money line as well. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, if, I mean, if I was going to bet on one, it, it would have been certainly Cincinnati. My, nothing has changed as far as, like, my opinion on the game and stuff like that, you know, outside of those couple little surprises. Let's talk about the Orange Bowl. We're speaking with Thorne Nystrom, of course, of NBC Sports Edge. Michigan right now, seven and a half point underdogs, total of 46. And there's been a lot of momentum about this Wolverines team. They've been the best team in the country at the betting window. But how do you see this matchup playing out, whether it be the side or the total later on this evening? I like Michigan in that game. And I, I, I also like what you were saying about the under on Stetson Bennett, because I, you know, like I think going back to um, Georgia's last game, if Georgia had needed to beat Alabama in the SEC title game, I guarantee you, you would have seen JT Daniels in the second half. The only reason you did not see him is because they did not need to, to win that game. And perhaps a part of the reason why they ended up losing it. But in this one, if, if they're down, you know, certainly by double digits, maybe even a touchdown at halftime. I, I, I wish there was a prop out there, but I guarantee you JT Daniels will come out of the tunnel as the starting quarterback for Georgia in the second half. Who knows if it gets there, right? Like, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're sort of mentioned in this, you know, like if Georgia's able to shut down uh, Michigan's running game, Cade McNamara, if, if it becomes a predictable thing, he's, he's not going to be able to go one-on-one -on -one against Georgia's pass defense and excel. Where, where he does well, it, it's taking care of the ball and then the one-on-one -on -one shots downfield out play action when Michigan's running game is humming. So th th there's definitely a couple, you know, different factors here, but I, I, I think I would be on, on Michigan just because getting the seven and a half with two teams that play very similar and, and, and Michigan, you've seen them sort of ascending here at the end of the season. They, they played a team that's essentially just a poor man's Georgia and Iowa played them, you know, I mean, drum them in, in the big, 
Big Ten title game. Iowa had a top 10 running defense, and that's what you thought maybe would, would give Michigan some problems. It didn't. Michigan's been able to run on every single team they played this year, so that's, that, that, that's why I'm supporting the Wolverines in this game. So you obviously have a Michigan ticket in pocket here. Are there any indicators in-game that you might be looking for if, let's say, if Georgia starts out fast and you're like, oh, boy, this could be trouble for my Michigan ticket? Any sort of indicators that might lead you to live bet maybe the Bulldogs on the other side? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, so this this game is about, it's two awesome offensive lines. So both of these teams rank in the top five in the nation in terms of havoc allowed. So they, they just don't allow, you know, defensive to get into their backfield. They're also both top five in the nation in tackling, in, in, in tackling percentage. So th- that's what you have here. You have reliability on defense on both sides, and, and you have that offensive line. I, I think what would uh, really concern me, you know, coming out the first couple drives, being on Michigan, is if Michigan's offensive line is not getting a push and, and, and you come out and you see Jordan Davis and those guys from Georgia pushing them backwards mm-hmm. and, and starting to get into, into the backfield, that would be something that we haven't seen, even against the better uh, run defense that Michigan has played this year. So if, if that's a change at the beginning, um, if you're holding the Michigan ticket, you're thinking to yourself, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, I think, yeah, when you see Georgia and those Bulldogs, those guys up front that – they control the tempo of the games. If they look like they're dominant, it could be trouble for the Wolverines here. Uh, got a couple minutes here left, Thor. The Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame right now, one-point favorites over Oklahoma State, total 45.5. But there's one place in town here in Vegas that has a pick What do you think about this match of Marcus Freeman, his first time as the head coach for the Fighting Irish? I believe by the time that game kicks off, Oklahoma State will be the favorite every single sports book in, in your town and all the, the offshores as well. I'm surprised that Oklahoma State did not become the favorite the second that it was announced that, that Kyle Hamilton wouldn't be playing in this game and Kyron Williams w- was opting out as well for Notre Dame. It, 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 it's a bit of a surprise, but it seems like today, well, you know, it, it was sort of like this thing with Cincinnati where that line had stayed static at 13 and a half ever since it had come out. And then right before kickoff, you, you, you mentioned this in the intro, it dropped by a point, you know, so, so it's obvious that, you know, like right up into that lead off to, to the game, then some sharps finally hit it. it. It's the same sort of a thing here that, that you're seeing with that, with, with that line where it stayed at Notre Dame minus two and a half, even though they had the, the, the big news about their, their two guys earlier, the market didn't even react to that. Like the, the market was pretending like here, you know, they just didn't get around to, to sort of baking that into the line. But now <laughs> you're seeing that later on, you know, in, in, in the day lead up or whatever, I think Oklahoma state is the better team without those two guys on the other side. Um, my number on that game is Oklahoma state minus 5.2. I would certainly be on Oklahoma state for, for that game. Wow, yeah, that's a big difference between the line right now. But you believe that Oklahoma State will be a favorite by kickoff. That game kicks off at 10 o'clock. Right now, Cincinnati just forced a punt of Alabama. So Cincinnati is Let's in go. the number, down by 11, 703 left, getting the ball back there around the tw- their own 29, 30-yard line, Thor. So we wish you the best of luck with your Cincinnati ticket in pocket. Maybe Cincy money line. I think we'll get a little bit of new blood in that national title. We'll see what happens. But he is Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge. Happy New Year, Thor, and we appreciate you joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. My man, Happy New Year. All right. How about that? So, got a minute left, and hey, the show went by so fast today, guys. We're talking games. I was telling our producer, Stephanie, we got to get the folks to schedule some more live games during this hour because it is absolutely fun right now as Alabama leads by 11 here in the Cotton Bowl. 13 and a half, I'm looking at, is a live line here in town 14 and a half over at DraftKings with a total at 42 and a half. All right. Thank you to Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge. Thank you to Chris Andrews at the South Point. Of course, thank you to Wes Reynolds of VEASAN. You hear them all across the network. And thank you to
to you guys. Hope it's been a good year for you betting. Hopefully, as we turn the page to 2022, it is a good year for you again as we have some college football games coming up tomorrow. And, of course, the NFL Week 17 on Sunday. That does it for the show. Coming up next, Rush Hour with Danny Burke. I'm going to go watch some college football. Hope you guys are doing that as well. It is My Guys in the Desert on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.